Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. Hey, listen, let's get into the Word this morning. We are actually starting a new series right now called Erased. Erased. Okay? Let me give you the definition of erased. It means to remove from existence or memory. Okay? As if by erasing. To nullify its effects. Basically, that's the definition of erase. But dealing with erase, they were going to talk about dead men walking. Dead men walking into life. Dead men walking into life, okay? So how many know we should all consider ourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive through God in Christ Jesus? If you're a born-again believer, your position, you are in Christ. But we are to walk, we're no longer to give in to our old man. The old man, when I talk about the sinful man, the old nature, you know, for a believer, the old nature should no longer dominate your life. You should be living a life that has been crucified with Christ. Now, that's what Galatians chapter 2, one of my favorite verses, chapter 2, verse 20 and 21 says this. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if, I, for if keeping the law could have made us right with God, there would be no need for Christ to die. Father, as we look into the Word of God this morning, I pray, God, that you would speak into our hearts. God, and we would just uh, come to a place today that we understand, God, what it is to be buried with you, O oh God, and what it is to, to get the old man behind us, O oh God, and no longer being dominated by our, our sin nature, God, but we walk in the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Father, I ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we see that we're supposed to, we are to, are to be living that crucified life, that life where the old man no longer has dominance over us. And we're going to be looking in the, in the book of, uh, I'm sorry, Romans this morning, Romans chapter 6. But before we get to chapter 6, I want to back up and kind of just share with you real quick what Paul's dealing with. He's dealing with the Roman church, and some people in the Roman church felt like because they were under grace, they could do, basically do whatever they wanted to do. And Paul's trying to address that issue right here. So if you, this won't be up on the screen, but if you go back up to chapter 7, verse 20, uh, Paul's writes, God's law was given so that people could see how sinful they were. But as people were sin or, uh, sinned, more and more God's wonderful grace began, became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then Paul asked this rhetorical question of them in chapter 6, starting with verse 1. He says, well then, should we keep on sinning that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? He says, of course not. Since you have died to sin, how can we live and continue to live in it any longer? How can we continue in sin if we've died to sin? How many know as a child of God, you're no longer dominated or ruled by the sin nature? Or let me put it this way. You should not be ruled by your sin nature. You should not be ruled by your t- sin nature. You should be ruled by the grace of God. Amen? Now, I know some people try to use the grace of God to justify their behavior, ungodly behavior, saying, well, I'm under grace, I'm under grace. But I want to tell you something. How many know God's grace t- is a teacher? God's grace is a teacher. You say, well, 
How, what do you think? How is, how is grace a teacher? I'm glad you asked that. Look with me over Titus. We're going to cover some scripture this morning. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. It'll be up on the board. Look at this. It says, we're talking about God's, God's grace as a teacher. Put that, uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Put that up on the board if you can. If you, oh, there it is. He says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. The grace of God has appeared to all men. Look at this. Teaching us to deny ungodly, ungodliness, worldly lust, and we should live sober, righteously, and godly in this present age. Look at this. What does grace teach us? It teaches us to deny ungodliness. It doesn't say go ahead and be ungodly. It says it teaches you how to be godly, not ungodly. Then you move on. He says to deny worldly lust. That's no, that should not be a part of the believer's life. You have died to the adult stuff. Now listen, church. He says, to live, uh, deny worldly lust. To live soberly. In other words, not, don't be intoxicated with this world. Not just with drink, but how many know there's a lot of people intoxicated with the things of this world right now? They're intoxicated by it. And they can't live the life that God wants them to live because they're trying to have one foot in God and one foot in the world. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You're to live soberly. He says it teaches us to live righteously and to live godly. Church, that's what grace does. Amen? That's the grace is our teacher that helps us do it. It doesn't give us a license to sin. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, he says this. Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you want to be my followers, you must turn from your selfish ways and take up your cross and follow me. How many know that's not one time? That's not a one time deal. How many know you have to take up your cross sometimes moment by moment? You've got to be willing to live that sacrificed life, that, that crucified life that you have in Christ Jesus. He says in the next verse of uh, Matthew 16, he says this, if you, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Man, that's a great statement there. Amen? That's a great statement. So understand, understand right now, who you were is dead. Who you were is now dead. Your old self, I'm talking about. Your sinful nature. Look what the Word of God says, in Rome, going back to Romans 6 now. Romans 6, verse 3 and 4. Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we were joined Him in His death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live a new life. We're to live new lives, church. We have an old nature a lot of times that tries to raise its ugly head up. But how many know the old nature, because Christ is defeated, really has no power unless you empower it? Right. Now, you know, to, to illustrate that, I, I used something like this years ago, but uh, I want to just... Get this here. And a lot of us spend our life dragging this dead man behind us. We drag this dead man behind us. This man is dead. It has no life of its own. But what I empower it to have, that's the power it has. 
See, when I was baptized with Christ, it was symbolic of when I went under the water, I was baptized into his death, and I was raised to life in Christ Jesus. This old man was supposed to be buried in the water, but we continue to try to get this old man back to life. We try to get it back to life, and we just drag it around with us all the time. Boy, I wish I could be free. I wish I could be set free. Well, just let go. Let go of it. Release it into God's hands. But no, we'll go back and we'll pick it up again. Oh, come on. That felt so good. I, I, I'll repent later. Hey, I'm telling you, that's the way people respond and act. This man is dead. Amen? In my position in Christ, I, my sin nature is dead. It has no power over me. The only power that that sin has over me is what I submit to and I give in to. Are you with me this morning? See, look at this. In this scripture, who you were is dead. Look at this. This scripture gives us four things real quick. We are joined to Christ in baptism. Baptism is so important to get baptized. Because when you do, you're saying, not only are you making a declaration of faith to the people that's listening to you, but not only that, when you, when you go in that water, you're saying, I've died to the old man. I am burying that old man, and I've been raised anew in Christ Jesus. This old man no longer has dominion over me. It is not, I'm not a slave to that old man, but I am free in Christ Jesus. I almost got to preach on, I know, so... See, church, we see who we were is now dead. Don't empower it any longer. Don't pick it up. As long as I I walk away from it, it no longer has a part of me. See, the next point I want you to get this morning, we now have a new life. We now have a new life in Christ. If you're a child of God, look what it says in Romans chapter 5. It says, since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. But church, I want to tell you, that life is not somewhere in a sweet by and by. Then when you came up out of the water, you had a new life. And matter of fact, when you give, you give your life to Christ, the Bible says, the old things have passed away and behold, all things become new. You become a new person right at that moment. But you go through water baptism to bury this thing symbolically and walk away from it and begin to walk in the grace and the mercy and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says the word united there means we shared in, we're united with, at one with. I mean, we, we are in Christ Jesus if you are a child of God. See, because we have been united with Christ in his death, he will raise us up to life. You can't have a resurrection without a death. You can't have a resurrection without a death. I had to die to my sin, I had to bury it, and I was raised anew in Christ Jesus. See, church, Romans chapter 8, verse 11 tells, this, we'll come back to 6, but look at this verse. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Talking about if you're a believer, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will, all, he will give you life, to your, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. The Spirit of God lives in you as a believer. The power of, of Almighty God lives within you. Think about that. He gives life to our mortal body. 
This old man, the old man has been crucified. Has been crucified. I know what the crucifixion, it, it's dead. Look what Romans 6, 6 says. We know that our old self, our old sinful self was crucified with Christ. So that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Man, as long as you hang on to this, it'll keep you dragged down. You know what? One of the things they used to do, I was was doing some research in ancient days, when somebody would commit a murder, one of the things they would do is they'd take the murderer for for his penalties, would take the corpse of the victim and strap it to his back, and he would have to walk around with that body decaying on his back to the point it even brought a slow, painful death to himself. See, a lot of us have this old man here strapped to our backs. And we're carrying it around with us everywhere we go. Because we never let go of it. And slowly, it's eroding away at your life. It's stealing the joy. You're slowly dying. And you don't even realize it. You've got to let it go. The old man has been crucified with Christ. Now, he said, look at this statement. He says, the phrase that sin might lose its power means, listen to this. It means this. It means rendered, rendered ineffective, nullified, canceled, destroyed, abolished, do away with, to cut off from. It means God, Jesus Christ has already defeated sin in your life. And you have to learn how to walk in that victory every moment of every day. And not give in to your old self. See, church, whether you realize it or not, if you're a child of God, you are free today. You say, well, I don't feel free. I I mentioned this to somebody this week. I said, you know what? Jesus unlocks the prison doors, right? But how many know you got to get up and walk out? He may unlock the door, but you're going to have to get up and walk out. You can continue to live in your circumstances that you're living in because of the domination that you're letting sin have in your life, or you can close the door on it once and for all. You can get up and walk out of it. Church, he says we're free. For Look at verse 7. For when we died with Christ... We were set free from the power of sin. Either we were set free or we were not set free. But the Word of God declares that we are set free. How many know that's not in the future, that's dealing now? How many times do we forfeit our freedom because we give in to the old nature? When you, let, when you let the old man bring life back into his, to, to him, you forfeit freedom. As believers in Christ, we no longer have to live in sin. We have been set free from the power of sin. Do you believe that this morning? How many of we need to begin to live like that? That we are free from sin. I don't have to give in to all these little ones. I can tell the old old man is dead. It no longer is my life. I now have a new life in Christ Jesus. You know, his mercies are new every morning, it says. 
Think about it. Think about it. His mercies are a brand new slate every morning. Now, that word new in that scripture says it's a word that's never been used, uh, something new that's never been before. You know, the other day I, I thought about my age, and I used, said this before, but I've, I've experienced over 23,000 mercies in my life. 23, over 23,000 mercies, brand new, I've received in my life. Think about your life. How many days has God shown you mercy? I mean, it's a new slate every day. Now listen, church. I, as a pastor, have seen people year after year struggle. Same thing, struggling over and over and over and over. And the main reason they struggle is they don't understand the freedom that they, has been purchased for them. They've never experienced because they, they've always tried to give in to their old, old man. We have to come to a place that that old man's no longer part of my life. Does that mean I won't be tempted? No, there'll be temptation. But you know what? You take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You say, that's not who I am. That's, I'm, not, I'm not participating in that. How many know for every sinful act, there is a choice you make? So you can either make a choice to, to act it out or, and get empower something in your life, or you can make a choice to say, I'm free in Christ. I'm walking away from this. That's your choice. I choose not to pick it up anymore. Amen, church? Now look what he says in verse 9. He says, we are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. Death has no power over Christ. That means the old man has no power over Christ that's in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't have to live by the dictates of the old man. I've been made new in Christ. And he, that word, we are, we are, he says, we are sure. It means to know, to understand, perceive, very sure of this, or know this very well. In other words, Paul was saying, you need to know this. You need to get this in your mind. You need to get this in your heart. You are free in Christ. Everybody in this room, is you are free in Christ if you know Christ Jesus. Now it's time to start walking in that freedom. Amen? Putting, the, putting aside this old, the old flesh. See, the power, sin's power is broken. Get that in your heart and mind. The, the sin's power is broken. Look at verse 10. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. To break the power of sin, he says. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. How many know our lives are supposed to be lived for the glory of God? Amen. And anytime we give in to the old nature, it's no longer glorifying God. It's, raised, it's giving life back to the flesh. We need to get this. I just titled this, you need, get your mind right. Get your mind right on this. Look what he says. Verse 11. So you also should consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. I don't think you heard that because you didn't get excited at all about that. <laughs> so you should, you also should consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. 
Amen. I am alive today in Jesus Christ. Listen, church. The word consider means to count, to reckon, to calculate it, to take into account, to take it into your credit, to know, to, to be able to think and suppose and, and evaluate. That's who you are. I am free from sin. Does that mean I won't be tempted? No, you will be tempted. Does it, does it mean I won't ever make a mistake? No, sometimes we, I, we all make mistakes. We all give back in sometimes to that old nature. But you know what? I thank God that I can always run back to him and say, God, I, I blew it. Because I don't want that to have power over my life. So, get your mind right. Think about what was Paul, what Paul had to say to the church in Romans and to all believers. He then gave them instruction on how to live it. Look at this. I just entitled this next verse, Who's in Control? Who's in control? Look at what it says. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. So, okay, don't let the old nature of sin, don't let it control you. But what? He says, uh, don't let it control you the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. See, we are not allowed, we we are not to allow the old man to rule over us any longer. It's only when we give in to sin and desires that we, like I said, we empower him. Who are you giving yourself to? That's the big question we need to answer. Who are you giving yourself to? Are you giving yourself totally over to Christ? Are you still trying to play games with the old nature? Now look at this. Verse 13 and 14. He says, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God. For you were dead, for you were dead but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. I'm, we're to use our entire vessel completely for God's glory. Amen. Because we've been, we've, this, this part has been done away with. And we are to give ourselves completely, he says, to God. He says, now look at verse 14. Sin is no longer your master. Before Christ, sin was my master. I lived without any conviction of anything. But once I came to Christ, my life was totally changed. And now sin no longer is a master to me. But Jesus Christ is my master. He says, sin, no longer, sin is no longer my, uh, your master, for you, are no longer, you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. And what does grace do? It teaches us how to live, right? God's grace, that unmerited favor. I, I, don't, I live under the grace of God. How many know God's grace is big? It's huge, Amen. So he tells us we're no longer to let sin be our master, but give ourselves completely to God. Church, there's some things that Paul said in another portion of Scripture that I want to look at real quick. We need to grow. It's either to grow or not to grow. Now look with me over in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, look at this verse of Scripture. Verses 2 through 7, it says, 
And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. You continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow stronger in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thanksgiving. Now, look at this. He gives us several steps here this morning. What we need to do to grow. He said, you must follow Jesus. Following Jesus is not just saying, oh, I accept him. I mean, following Jesus, I mean, it's following Jesus. It's walking in his footsteps. You know, when my dad, years ago, when I was a little boy, my dad would cut the grass, and I had a little push lawnmower, a plastic little lawnmower, and, I, and when my dad would cut the grass, you'd see the fresh footprints in the grass where he walked, and I'd try to get my footprints into his. He had a longer stride than I did, but you know, I was trying to follow in his footsteps, and that's a, that's a good picture for us this morning. We need to be so close to Jesus and have our eyes on him to the point where we can see where he steps, and we can take the next step with him. He said, follow him. we got to continue to follow him. And then he says, we, we have to grow our roots down into him. He said, how do you grow roots down into him? Through the word. You can't know God personally, intimately without this right here. When you're in the word of God. You, you're building, you're growing, you're, you're watering your, that root of Christ, and it, your roots can go deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, I told somebody the other day, and this is so true, you, you have just as much of God in you right now as you want. Because if you're still, if you're still hungry, you can go deeper. You can get your roots even deeper. Amen? Through the Word of God, through God's Word and through worship, through getting in Bible study, getting in a connect group that you can be discipled and challenged in your life. That's where you get your roots down deeper. That's the reason we, we have connect groups here at the church. We want, to, we want to see people's roots go deeper and deeper in Christ. And we want to help people to follow after Christ. But then he says, he says, not only are you to grow your roots down into him, he says, we have to build our lives on him. He's the foundation and he's the structure. Amen. And we have to build our lives on him. My hope is in nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. That's the only thing I can hope in is Christ. But if we're to build our lives on him, church. Then he says, we will, he said, we will then grow strong, stronger in the truth. Stronger in the truth. The things that once kind of was the bully spiritually in your life no longer will be able to bully you any longer. Because you, you're growing stronger in your faith. You're growing and you're maturing and your roots are deeper. Everything about you is changing. I'm not the same person I was years ago. God has changed me. And the more I get with Him, the more I spend time with Him, the more changing He does. But then he says, the last thing, and he says, then we will overflow with thankfulness. Being thankful for what God does. How many is thankful for what God has done in your life? How many there's much more God still wants to do? There's some places in our lives that we need to surrender completely to God. We need to quit 
playing games with the old nature. We need you, you, we should we should shun sin so much. Because we know that our sin is not just against us, it's against God. And he's done so much for us, church. He's done so much for me. He's redeemed my life. I mean, he's done great things. But you can't live the world and God at the same time. The word of God says, he said, give yourself completely. But here's the thing. If you've got sin in your life right now, I want to tell you something. God is the great eraser. He can erase it to the point where it's, it never be brought up again. He says when he forgives you, he removes the sin as far as the east is from the west. You know why? Because you can't measure the east from the west. He's how far he's removed your sin. And you don't have to live by the old nature any longer. But you can live in the freedom that Christ has for you. Father, I thank you for this opportunity this morning. Just to be able to share, God, what you laid on my heart for this day. God, I thank you that your word is true. And God, what we looked at this morning as we start this new series, Erased. God, I want to let people know, God, their sins can be erased today. They don't have to walk out of this room the same way they walked in. But Father, they they can walk out of this room knowing that they are forgiven. Knowing that they have been set free in Christ. And knowing that God, that they do not have to let the old nature rule in their life any longer but they're willing to release it and let it go. Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that this message encouraged and inspired you in your journey with Christ. For more information, you can visit our website at th.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TowerHillNH. To give online, you can go to th.church giving. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.